Middleton jumper. In and out. Ayton pursues that rebound. His 13th already. He's had a 22 rebound game in these playoffs. Paul Ayton. What a connection. And Paul will dribble it out. First finals game in 28 years, and the Suns give their fans a magnificent performance. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's BetQL Daily from BetQL. So as many expected, the Suns grab game one at home. They end up covering the point spread as it dips uh, due to Giannis's status in game number one. But uh, what was not expected was to see Giannis logging all those minutes. He played 35 minutes uh, last night, 20 and 17 what hyper-extended knee, Joe G, when you look at the updated series prices? I know last night the first thing I saw pop was the Suns minus 350. So they go from minus 200 before game one to minus 350 after game one. And uh, it seems like it settled in a little bit because there there was some buyback on the Bucks. Assuming because Giannis is uh, now part of this throughout, uh, it's only Suns minus three hundred, and it's uh, officially minus three hundred five over at points bet. Buckside uh, plus two thirty. Yeah, I think if you're going to take this series and you haven't yet, now is the time to do it. Game two will swing this considerably. If Milwaukee gets game two and it goes back to Milwaukee one one, Giannis is legs back under him. It's going to shift. Like if you like Milwaukee, get them right now, and if you like Phoenix, get them now as well because. Joe, if Phoenix wins game two, I mean, the price is going to jump. I mean, it wouldn't even be worth taking if they're up 2-0. You might as well just take series price, series games. I mean, they could jump to a point where it's like, how much are you laying to make a couple bucks with them up 2-0? So if you haven't jumped in, I'd say now is the time if you have a conviction one way or the other. Well, well, let's bring in one of the better NBA minds around your own Weitzman from Fox Sports joins us on BetQL Daily. This is Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Follow your own on Twitter by his name at your own Weitzman. Your own, uh, obviously, uh, we were all shocked by the return of Giannis as we were getting closer and closer to the tip. It became more and more obvious that he was going to be on the court. And I know uh, the takeaway for many is about Chris Paul, but uh, in the Suns' victory last night, what was your big takeaway for this season? Um, that's a good question. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, my takeaway, well, I guess two, um, that the Bucks are going to have to figure out a way, like, you know, everyone, we've all become experts in defensive pick-and-roll coverage, right, to figure out a way to deal with that. But also, uh, they can't score. That's been an issue for them all playoffs. I know we all focus on the defense, but the way they scored out last night is not going to work for playoffs. And, you know, one of the great ways to stop another team defensively is getting stopped, keeping them out of transition. And even in today's NBA, like you can be a great defensive team, but you have to score at some point, and the Bucks just couldn't score last night. What did you make of Giannis and how he looked? Because when he got on the court, I, I was not expecting him to move the way he did, to play the way he did. Uh, I know you have a lot of familiarity covering the Sixers when Joel Embiid has injuries, similar injury this season. It takes him games to come back and get back into shape. It wasn't like that at all. At least my eyes saw me that with Giannis last night. Yeah, I so yeah, it is. Um, you know, he, he played up to his freak nickname, right, in that part. For sure, mm-hmm. I, should, I should say he looked like that. Um, I will say he wasn't super aggressive offensively. I think we saw that there was some, I don't know if it was apprehension or just getting himself back into game shape. I mean, it is so hard to miss three, four, five days and then join. In general, it's hard to jump back into the action. You throw it into a playoff atmosphere or a uh, finals atmosphere, and it's even harder. It's like jumping on a car that's moving, you know, going 80 miles an hour. Um 
So for that, and I think we kind of saw that from Giannis a little bit last night, just picking his spots, not attacking, not being super aggressive. His numbers are really good. He was great on the defensive glass. Um, and it kind of that plays back to what I said earlier. Just I think they need him to be more aggressive and to find his place more for them to kind of generate looks offensively. Uh, your own. So uh, you say the number one issue seems to be the Bucks' lack of scoring right now. Uh, where do you put that? I, and obviously Giannis not a hundred percent, but uh, we we didn't get the Drew Holiday that we were getting the last couple games last night. Yeah, he's been all over the place, right? Like, it just yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. Middleton's been great. Um, we saw Giannis, and the funny is the Bucks actually shot well from three point line last night, which they have not all postseason. Um, yeah, just kind of, it's probably a little better, you know, again, I, I'm not a, this will shock you guys, I am not a coach. I don't know the answers always. <laughs> um, but I think it's about getting some uh, better performance in Drew Holiday and getting Giannis to, to take his game to the MVP level, which is almost an unfair um, barometer to put on him or unfair standard, but to doing that. They get a lot of points in transitions too. And again, this is where the things are all connected, right? Again, so their offense benefits a lot when they get stopped. So if they can figure out some of the defensive stops too, that can get them out of transition, get some easy points that way. The other thing is though, like, you know, we're talking all about the Bucks. This Phoenix Suns team is really, really good. They don't have any holes anywhere. Um, and that you see that as we advance round by round, how valuable that is. Well, they're the favorites and significant favorites now to win this series up 1-0. Do you think the Phoenix Suns are going to win this title here? And when you look at the, the full series, do you think it's a long series with Phoenix winning, if you do, or a shorter series? Well, I'll say uh, I think I've been wrong about every single prediction I've made this playoff. So if you have uh, people want putting money, maybe go with the opposite of what I say. Right? I think I had uh, Nets Lakers to begin the postseason. So. Everybody's <laughs> been wrong with everything you're on. Um, yeah, it's a good. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, my prediction was Suns in six. I don't. I'm not, I'm not really good at the predictions thing. Part of that was Giannis not knowing what his deal. Um, it, it feels like you, you don't want to overreact to one game, and there are a few things. There's some low hanging fruit the uh, Bucks can pluck. One thing is they they foul a ton. They usually don't foul a lot, and they foul a ton yesterday. Um, and the, the Suns are a great free throw shooting team. And if you take away some of the, some of those fouls like the Bucks normally would that can kind of level the playing field a little bit so there's some areas they can clean up um, and if Giannis improves a little more you, you know suddenly you add those two things and you have you know evenly matched up um, that said it just feels like the Bucks have to stretch more to sort of match the sun if that makes sense if you're the Bucks, what do you do with Aiton <laughs> that's a good question in terms of what in terms of just like like control containing him yeah, it, it just doesn't – I know he's had some fast starts to, to some of the series throughout the playoffs, but uh, based on what we saw last night, I know he's not going to shoot 80% every game, but I, I don't know that they're going to have an answer. Yeah, I mean, it, that goes back to the hook and roll coverage, right? I, I'm actually surprised they came out switching everything yesterday. I know we said, you know, I'm making fun of everyone. Knows we're all pick and roll experts, but I, I part of me thinks they should maybe go back to their um, – basic coverage that they've deployed all season, which is the drop that everyone's heard about. You know, you have you have the guard aggressively go over the screen. You have Brooke Lopez kind of concede the mid-range shot. I know, um, and guard the rim and the alley-oop. I know Booker and Chris Paul are two of the best mid-range shooters in the NBA. Um, that being said, like, I think there's a way to sort of play both sides, maybe have your guards go very aggressive, make sure the draw is aggressively chasing the ball handler over the pick and harassing from behind and have Rick Lopez maybe step up a little more. You do all that and kind of make life a little harder for the Suns that way and make them make decisions and make Paul and Booker hit those mid-range shots regularly and, you know, tilt the math in your favor a little more. 
Stylistically, as this series goes along, what are you expecting in terms of uh, the over-unders, the points scored? Last night, just at the end, it pushed over. During the regular season, these teams played. They were high-scoring games. They have the ingredients, both sides, to score a lot of points, but both teams also play good defense. When you look at it from that perspective, moving forward, do you think the defense is kind of locked down as we move forward and there are low-scoring games, or do you think these guys and the the talents, the shooters, the scorers on each side start to light it up? That's interesting. Um, I hadn't thought about that in terms of the overall. So, well, you said the overall under, they, 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 they missed it yesterday. They, they just hit it yesterday. What did you say? Just went over towards the end of the game. Just went over. I'm actually surprised by that. Um, yeah, so if you're saying, I, I would say, I, I'm not going to say that the under, because, again, I'm bad at this, but, <laughs> but I, would say, I would expect low scoring. Just Again, the Bucs have had trouble scoring all postseason. Um, their numbers have not been great, and I don't know if they're going to be able to up that against Phoenix. And then on the other side of the ball, the Bucks, and this was not the case last night, but I would expect them to improve a little bit. The Bucks, their strength this postseason, the thing they've really uh, rose to this point, is their defense. Their defense has been great. So you put those two ingredients together, and I would expect that to see. I don't know if, I don't know if low-scoring games, quote-unquote, exist in the NBA anymore, right? But I would not mm-hmm. expect shootouts here. Uh, with your own Weitzman, Fox Sports NBA writer, this is BetQL Daily. Your own. Uh, is there any way that the Suns are champions and your media brethren does not make Chris Paul the NBA Finals MVP? Um, is there any way? I mean, I would say <laughs> my uh, my media brethren are uh, we are suckers for a narrative, so I would find that hard to believe. Um, you know, I don't think DeAndre Aiden's going to get it right. So I guess you I guess you never know, but I would say it's a pretty it's a pretty long bet. You wrote, you wrote up recently about Chris Middleton, the relationship he has with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, I mean, Chris is an interesting player. He's a good player. He's an all-star caliber player. But it feels like our, our opinions of him and our, our you know the idea of what he could be and what he is, it changes every game. He has a big game, scores 38 against the Nats. We love him. The next game, he scores 15 or 16. It's like, man, this guy, you can't win a title with him. What did you learn about him, the player he is, the relationship him and Giannis when you, when you wrote that story? Yeah, what I find so interesting is just talking to people around the team and um, who've been around the team before, around the team now, is that how much they complement each other on and off the court, right? So skill-wise, Giannis is the rim runner, attacker, you know, violently playing offense. And Middleton is sort of the finesse guy who carries the load on the perimeter. And one of the things that's happened this year is Giannis has seeded some of the playmaking duties, especially late in games, to Middleton and you know, become a more willing screener for, middle, you know, late games. That's sort of their offense, Middleton, pick and roll with Giannis screening. And it's been really effective. So that, but also off the court, or I'll say off the court, you know, when, when they're not, not between the lines, um, Middleton is somebody who can call out Giannis. There was, someone told me a story about last year, Giannis got really angry at George Shelford for missing him on an open possession um, and kind of having a little fit. And Middleton pulling Giannis aside, saying that doesn't work, that doesn't help us. And, and Giannis listens to him. And it's just a unique relationship. It's, we don't see in the NBA now guys grow together like this. If you think about two guys who came in, they were both basically unknowns. Um, they grew together. They, w- they were not all-stars when they came in. They weren't top picks. They've been through a lot. They both improved together. They both became all-stars together. Giannis took the reins and gave back some of the role, some of the playmaking duties to Middleton. It's just a really unique, interesting dynamic, the kind of thing we don't really see in the NBA very often anymore. Yes, it feels uh, like a bit of a throwback there uh, with what the Bucks are building um, how about for game number two coming up tomorrow? We only have uh, one day to rest here, one day for Giannis to rest. And after the game, of course, he said he feels uh, fine, felt normal. Uh, the point spread is five and a half. Do you think the Bucks can steal one before going home? Um, it's, you know, it's so hard to because you always overreact to these one games. And like my uh, everything in my gut says, though, the Suns are better. And I don't know how Milwaukee's going to match them. Like, I don't know where the improvements come. 
But the Bucks have done this before, and you know we don't count them out. And I don't mean that in like a cliched way, but they adjust and they're resilient. They've proven that, and they're a really good team. Um, so will they split? I don't know. I, I just I expect this series to be to go at least six games. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. So that being said, yeah, well, I guess we'll see a win here. One of these one of these next games coming through. You're on to be remiss as someone who wrote a book about the Sixers called Tanking to the Top, not to ask a question about Ben Simmons. It's going to be one of the biggest stories of the offseason where he ends up if the Sixers do move on from him. Um, what do you think his value is? Uh, just talk to people around the NBA, obviously being around the Sixers a lot, writing your book. Do you think he still has high value in a potential trade? Because it's going to be fascinating to see what the Sixers can and if they get something big back for him. Um, it was uh, <laughs> the value is a Great question. Everyone's got different opinions. There are some people who say, like, you know, let's bring up the fun CJ McCollum package that everybody um, makes, you know, everyone we've all talked about and pointed to. Um, there are some people who say, man, that's not enough for Ben Simmons. You crazy? And there are some who say, why would the Blazers do that, right? <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. Um, I, I think we'll see some teams. One of the, one of the problems is going to be finding a team, a, a partner who, one, is interested, Two has the type of players who can send back to Philadelphia that makes Philadelphia interested, and that basically means uh, guys in their prime, perimeter players who can play along with Embiid, initiate offense, shoot, you know, shoot things like that, fill the hole the Sixers don't have. And then three going the other way that this team has the right roster where they can absorb Simmons, meaning they have shooters, right? If they have, if they're building around a guys who aren't exactly shooters, Simmons can't play there. You put those three things, and it's hard to find it. But I think I, I'd be that. All that being said, it's like there's always somebody interested. There's always somebody who wants them to take a chance. And I'd be surprised if Simmons is on the Sixers next season. No one's told me anything. That's just me reading the tea leaves. Sure. Uh, speaking of players possibly on the move, Kawhi, Dame. People think Chris Paul is going to opt out. You think any of them go? Um, I mean. Again, I don't, I don't know. Kawhi, he basically runs that franchise. So again, you never know, and I, I, we, I don't try to predict the uh, feelings of Kawhi or the decisions of Kawhi Leonard because we've all learned over the years that we, we don't, we, we don't under, we don't know him. We don't understand him. That's fine. Um, that being said, I find it hard to believe that you know the team's proven that they're good. He loves. He not shouldn't say he loves. I don't know. It seems like he enjoys playing in that organization. That they've handed him the keys and sort of let him do what he wants. Um, I don't know why he'd leave. Um, Chris Paul, I mean, I don't know. You just asked me, like, is he going to, I guess we saw Kawhi do it, but if you're, if you have a finals MVP, are you going to, like, if you win a finals MVP and then you can re-sign with that team, are you going to leave? I'd be surprised, right? Yeah. Um, and Lillard, I think, the Lillard thing's interesting, just two things on that. I think we're going to see Portland try to make trades for him as opposed to dealing him, right? Um, first, I think we'll see them try to, and that's what you have to do if you have a guy like Lillard. Like, you have to, you have to, Trading him has to be your last resort, right? Because you're trading him, you're tearing the whole thing down. So I would be surprised if we see that early. And also, I don't know. I know the Chauncey Billups stuff got weird, but I find it hard to imagine that Chauncey Billups took that job without talking to Damian Lillard first and the two of them agreeing that they'd give us a shot, right? So, Sure. Your own Weitzman, Fox Sports. Check out his Giannis Middleton story that was posted yesterday. Uh, your own, thanks for your time today. Enjoy the rest of the uh, NBA Finals, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There's your own Weitzman. Good stuff from him coming up next. We've got lightning bets going to go around the horn and welcome in Vic Choksi from BetQL. Find out what the model play of the day is. Keep it locked on BetQL Daily from BetQL.